Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to a special episode of Cryptique. No Ryan tonight, so no jokes. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, or definitely case suggestions, shoot us an email at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our merch at crypticpodcaststore.com and buy us a coffee. The link's in the show notes. You can find us on all the social medias, which will also be in the show notes. Joel Salatin and his family own and operate Polyface Farm in Virginia's Shenandoah Valley. The farm produces pastured beef, pork, chicken, eggs, turkeys, rabbits, lamb, and ducks, servicing roughly 6,000 families in 50 restaurants in the farm's bioregion. He's written 14 books to date, is editor of Stockman Grass Farmer magazine, and lectures around the world on land healing and local food systems. Polyface Farm operates a formal apprenticeship program and conducts many educational workshops and events. The website, polyfacefarms.com. Just going over some of the latest books Joel's written, Everything I Want to Do is Illegal, War Stories from the Local Food Front, The Frugal Homesteader, Folks, This Ain't Normal, A Farmer's Advice, and you can check him out on the Beyond Labels podcast with Dr. Cena. Joel Salatin, welcome to Cryptique. Tell everybody where they can find your website. I, well, I guess I should say tonight, Cryptique's proud and happy to welcome Joel Salatin to the show. I have your website as polyfacefarms.com. I don't have a I don't have a personal website. Sure, everything everything runs through the through the farm. So it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty big funnel. I hear you. So I suggest that everyone that's listening, as long as you're not driving or flying a, an airplane or something. Go to his website and follow along with us as you're listening. It'll make things a lot easier. Could you just give him a quick rundown on what you do? Sure. So I'm a uh, my my self-made handle is a, a Christian libertarian environmentalist capitalist lunatic farmer. Love it. And uh, and so we so you know I I'm not um, I'm not in boxes. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll I'll be all over the place. In, in a lot of ways, but um, our family owns uh, Polyface Farms in uh, Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. We've been here since 1961, no chemicals, mm. and uh, we produce beef, pork, chicken, eggs, turkey, rabbit, duck eggs, lamb, and, uh, and forestry products and lumber, and oh. uh, I've, written, I've written 16 books. Um, from everything from how to to you know broad cultural uh, broad cultural critiques mm-hmm. and uh, and you know obviously I'm I'm talking about how to how to feed the world with uh, without chemicals and without Putin and <laughs> <laughs> and and we can you know we can do this. It's amazing this web how everything's tied together. And I've been listening to um, Beyond Labels, the podcast you do with Dr. Cena, and, and that's, it, it's just every show is absolutely fascinating because everybody wants to think the government would never do anything to hurt us and they're protecting us from everything. But there's got to be 
some sort of conspiracy behind this. And I know you didn't say you wear a tinfoil hat or anything like that, but are they intentionally poisoning us? Oh, well, you know, so I don't use the word conspiracy because it suddenly makes you into a kook. Sure. I, I say, I say that what, what, what it is, is a, is a fraternity of ideas. Okay. And so basically they've, they've all, you know, gone to the same bar, drunk the same Kool-Aid mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's a, it's a similarity of thought of, of paradigm. Now, are they trying to poison us? Um, you know, I don't think so. I, I don't, I don't think it helps to assume bad intent. Um, you know, I don't like, I don't like the idea of hate crimes. I don't, you know, it's either, it's either crime or not, you know, right. intention becomes really a slippery slope when you start, you know, bagging somebody for intent. Yeah. I, I think I had, a, I had this actually argument with a guy just yesterday, actually. Um, you know, he, he was, he, he said that all these food regulations that keep me from being able to sell, um, you know, quiche to my neighbor and raw milk yeah. and things, you know, it, it, it they just want to control the market. No, no, I, I think they deep down, they really are concerned about safety, but, but their idea of safety and my idea of safety are quite, are quite <laughs> different. And, and so, uh, so I, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. I assume that, you know, they're, they're well-intended, but, um, but the, but the means, the means to get to safety, to get to health, hmm. to get to healing, those means are quite different, as we obviously saw, you know, during, um, you know, during the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I, I'm just I'm just struck by how your paradigm uh, affects affects your activity. Yeah, the the reason I bring that up is because I have heard that, you know, we talk about cures for diseases and, and specifically cancer. I have heard that the American economy would break down completely in a week if cancer was cured. And, you know, they tell us to trust the science, but I have literally seen Roundup commercials in the same commercial break as Roundup lawsuit commercials. They told us- yeah. DDT uh-huh. safe, radium's good for you, dioxin is healthy. Everybody should just trust the science, but it's not safe, and, and it's been proven. And that's the only reason I, I I wonder why they're trying to keep people like you quiet, and they don't want people doing this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's certainly easy to assume um, ill intent. I mean, if you go to the Monsanto website homepage, <laughs> you know they say they're the the repository of sustainability and they're feeding the world. And of course they call me a bioterrorist mm-hmm. and a, um, you know, a, a starvation advocate, uh, a, typh- a typhoid Mary. I mean, they've got all sorts of, I have to assume that, that they believe this. Uh, think about, think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, take, uh, take uh, Bill Gates. You know, he's uh. been very, very public that the only way we're going to save humanity is to for half of us to die. Right. And, and, and I would just ask anybody listening, what is so it? We talk about, you know, evil intent and stuff like that. Just think what you could sincerely. And I, and I, and I mean this, I'm not making a joke. Sure. What could you sincerely uh, uh, believe to be ethical and moral if you actually believed that you could save humanity by killing half of it. Yeah. 
Well, the answer is everything's on the table. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. there, there's nothing in a situation like that. There's nothing that's off the table. Now, you and I look at that kind of thinking, and we just find it reprehensible. Yeah. But at the other, but the the other side is, if that were truly what you believed, um, you you could justify a lot with very sincere. Uh, can we say, you know, with with flying apostrophes, noble, <laughs> n- noble intentions, uh, if that were your, you know, if that were your outcome. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite uh, sayings is never take health care advice from someone who wants to kill half the population on the planet. Yes. And people are just like, well, Bill Gates said this and, and he said it's safe and look at how smart he is. He He built a huge company and it's like, he wants half of us dead. What more do you need to know? Yes. Now, now that that I agree with a hundred percent. But 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 that uh, well, you know, we have the saying: the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think I think that's where that that's where I agree with you completely. <laughs> Why would you take uh, health advice from somebody that wants half of us dead? Uh, that's true, but. I'm, you know, in a way I'm playing devil's advocate here to, to, to give sure. him the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, well, you know, if that's what he really believes, he could, he could think he's being, um, noble in that, in a, in a, in a twisted way. Um, so, so I, I just find that in general, in general conversation, I get farther with people. I build more bridges mm-hmm. if I just assume that the person I disagree <laughs> with has good intentions. Mm-hmm. Then if I go up to him and say, "You're a crook," you know, yeah. you're, you're a you're a you're a bad, evil person. Yeah. Um, I, I you know I, I can disagree with somebody vehemently, and still believe that he, because I I want that person to give me the benefit of the doubt. Sure. I mean when sure. when I when I fertilize my fields with compost, I want people to actually believe that I'm am sincere. And don't actually want to kill half the planet uh, because you know compost can't grow food. Yeah, well, it it certainly is better than nitrogen and phosphorus and and you know the stuff that they use to make bombs, like in Oklahoma City, is the stuff they're putting on our food. So yes, it's a yes. little scary. Yeah, it sure is. And, and the other thing it is that that's really come a, a to be apparent here in the last year or two mm-hmm. is is how dependent you become there if if there is a conspiracy uh for sure there's a there seems to be a definite agenda mm-hmm. to make us more and more dependent yeah. on centralized large corporate interests whether mm-hmm. it's you know the world economic forum saying you know, you're not going to own any land and you'll be happy about that. Yep. Or, um, you know, the, the Putin, Putin invading Ukraine, suddenly, you know, the fertilizer jumps 400% and the farmers are, are, are saying, oh no, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, fake meat, fake meat's a good one too. You know, I mean, as long as there's rain and sunshine and soil, you can grow a cow and, and eat. But mm-hmm. if all of your food comes through a billion-dollar uh, stainless steel bioreactor um, setup, then suddenly only a few people control the food supply. Yep. And and so that becomes 
that that becomes um, you know rife for all sorts of problems. So you know, the 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 thing that I hear people saying more and more and more is, I just want to disentangle. I just want to disentangle. I don't. I don't feel like I feel like my life is becoming more and more enslaved mm-hmm. to a centralized nefarious agenda, and I just want to be free of it. I couldn't agree more. Now, when we talk about these uh, special interests, um, you know, people ask me, "Well, how would you fix the country?" And I say, "Well, first off, I would I would instill term limits. Second thing I would do is eliminate lobbying." Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, big agriculture lobbying and like how it affects everything? Yeah, so you know, right now there's a huge, there's a, a a growing effort on the Federal Trade Commission to, uh, they say these four four companies that control eighty five percent of America's meat supply mm-hmm. need to be broken up. You know that this is oligarchic and and all that. But sure. the the reason the reason that we've gotten to that point is because the regulations, all, all of the food safety regulations are scale prejudicial. They're easier to comply with if you're big, mm-hmm. hard to comply with if you're small. And so what happens is you you gradually squeeze the competition at the marketplace so that there are fewer and fewer and fewer players at the at the table, mm-hmm. and and this this in essence um, reduces the competition and therefore the accountability within the system. And yeah. we saw that for sure, you know, in the spring of 2020 when all the store shelves went empty. Mm-hmm. I mean, does any does anybody really think that we would have had as big a hiccup in the food system? had in, instead of being supplied by 300 mega processing facilities in the country, if we'd have been supplied by 300,000 community scaled, smaller, you know, abattoirs and canneries and, yeah. and processing companies, if we had had 300,000 instead of 300, would we have fared better? And I suggest, yes, we, uh, it, 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 there's no question yeah. But what a, a speedboat, if you're in, if you're in a, in, in a Rocky Shoals, if you're in disturbed waters, you want to be in a speedboat. You don't want to be in an aircraft carrier. Right. And, and that's exactly what we saw. And so, uh, and so the, so how do you get there? How do you, how do you get more competition more? How do you Uberize? How do you Uberize an Airbnb, the food system? Well, you do it by, um, by allowing uh, entrepreneurship and personal choice among consenting adults yeah. to make their own decisions. Makes too much sense. <laughs> yeah. I know that you face a lot of arguments, but it's so weird to me to see people that think that putting all these chemicals on everything, putting all these you know, vaccines and GMOs and antibiotics and, and, and think that that's good. It's, it's just odd to me, unless these are people that are major shareholders in some of these big companies, I don't see how you can argue that what you're doing isn't perfect. 
It's completely sustainable, super mm-hmm. healthy. And uh, tell us a little bit how your your farm runs. Yeah, so our basic template is look at nature and what does <laughs> what does nature do? You know, what what's the template of nature? And so, for example, um one of the first things you look at when you, well, how does nature build soil? Nature doesn't build soil with 10, 10, 10 chemical fertilizer. Right. It builds soil with decomposing organic material, things that have lived, things that have lived that are decomposing. Now that might be, you know, like plants in a compost pile. It could be um, manure from digestion. Okay. In, a, in an sure. animal. Mm-hmm. But, but, but the point is that soil is built by, the by by digested um previously living material right and, and so all of our um all of our agronomy our soil fertility is based on that principle so you well how does how does nature do that well it does it a, a couple of ways the biggest way is nature doesn't plant annuals there are annuals in nature but not very many most of them are perennials sure. perennials replant don't have to be replanted every year right. so an annual is like a watermelon a squash corn barley a perennial is something like uh grass clover um you know rhubarb in the garden uh, mm. asparagus okay those are those are perennials and the 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 energy flow is completely different between a perennial and an annual. An annual sucks energy out of the ground to make a big fruit or nut or seed or something, mm-hmm. whereas a perennial actually puts energy in the ground to create a bank account of carbohydrates to be able to, to send forth you know new shoots when it gets pruned off, either mechanically or by a grazing animal. Mm-hmm. And so all the deep soils on the planet, the deepest soils, are not under forests. They're not under bushes. They're under prairies. And prairies then had these uh, uh, prey and predator animals uh, choreographically moving around in a ballet um, of, 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 you know, cat and mouse or, you know, bison and wolf uh, or in the Serengeti today, you know, the wildebeest and the lions. Right. And, and that movement um, uh, creates a, a different interaction with the soil, the plant community. And it makes the animals actually prune and eat differently and makes them vacate areas long enough for, for uh, forages to come back. So yes. they're not overgrazing. And, and so uh, you have this wonderful uh, template of choreography. So what we do on our farm is we don't have wolves. We don't have bison. What we have are cows and sheep. Mm-hmm. And we use, uh, we use high-tech electric fencing. Mm-hmm. Electric fencing becomes our steering wheel accelerator and brake on that four-legged pruning uh, uh, pruning critter to <laughs> literally move them around the landscape uh, even more more specifically and meticulously than they could in nature with you know wolves and fires and and seasonality sure and and so so that's the you know that's the template and then the thing we look at nature we say well you know Without grubicides and parasiticides and insecticides, you know, how do these animals stay healthy? Well, birds, birds follow the herbivores. Mm -hmm. So we follow the cows with egg mobiles and the chickens then scratch through the cow patties, eat out the fly larvae and eat the grasshoppers and crickets exposed by the grazing animals Mm -hmm. and actually, uh, uh, you know, turn that into eggs. 
and uh, compost. You know, we, we make compost with pigs. Pigs have a plow on the end of their nose. Yeah. And so we, we bury corn in a carbonaceous diaper uh, that soaks up winter manure and urine and with, with wood chips. And we put pigs in there. The pigs seek the fermented corn and turn it into aerobic compost, which we then spread on the fields. And so you have these, you know, in nature, what you don't see monospecies, you don't see monocrops, you see, you see uh, uh, incredibly synergistic relational complexity. Right. And, uh, and, and so all of those things are what we're trying to, to duplicate here. And, uh, and, and the result is, the result is that we get, you know, three or four times the county average in production, mm-hmm. you know, per acre uh, because of these highly complex synergistic systems. And and it's just the way nature intended it. Well, yeah. People are finding all this stuff that's not broken and they want to mess with it. And it's like, just do what nature wanted you to do in the first place. That's what works best. Yeah, well, you know, a great example uh, is, is for example, years ago when all the experts around the globe uh, said that, that cattle farmers should feed uh, dead cows to their cows. Right. And, you know, for 30 years, they took farmers like me to free steak <sighs> and they could teach us this new scientific method where we feed dead cows to cows. And I didn't buy into it. Of course, I was accused of being a Luddite, a barbarian, you know, anti-progress, anti-science, you know, the whole narrative. And 30 years later, we suddenly had this outbreak, as you know, of uh, bovine spongiform encephalopathy, also known as mad cow. And and there was this big global, you know, oops, uh, maybe we shouldn't ought to done that, you know. And, and, uh, And the fact is that the, you know, the expert, the scientific expertise uh, in these in these arenas is highly uh, has, has a terrible track record. Right. I mean, yeah. uh, they you know the, these experts gave us mad cow disease. Uh, they told us to powder our kids' hair with DDT. Yeah. They, um, you know, they they gave us. Uh, they, they said don't use lard, lard and uh, butter. You know, use hydrogenated vegetable oil. Mm-hmm. And 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 now, how much of that? How much of that are you supposed to be able to eat? Not a little. It's zero. Zero. Um, they they gave us the food pyramid and put Twinkies and Cocoa Puffs on the you know on the foundational level, and then wonder why we've got diabetes. Right. The, the fact the fact is that you know when I was a kid, um, and you wanted to have a birthday party for three year olds, moms didn't have to spend two days on the phone before the birthday party finding out about each other's food allergies and their kids' food allergies. Yeah. The, the term food allergy didn't even exist back then. Neither did, you know, neither did, uh, we didn't know anybody with diabetes, didn't know anybody with um, very few obese people. Um, yeah. And certainly we didn't know E. coli, salmonella, fit listeria, um, you know, all these things. And what these are, are, are they, they are next, uh, they are a lexicon from nature now. Um, screaming to us in our disrespect and our dishonor of natural principles, screaming to us 
you know, enough, enough, you know, enough abuse. Mm -hmm. And the question is, you know, will we, will we listen or not? Can, can we make a comeback from this? I mean, I, you know, you look at like real estate and, you know, people bought up a lot of land in Oklahoma, a lot of land in Texas, hoping that there's oil on it. But if, if say I want to go buy a farm and this farm has been flooded with all these fertilizers and, and all this other garbage, that land isn't as valuable as land like yours, which is, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I want to say sacred, but almost. I'm okay with the word sacred. Uh, I, I, in fact, I relish it. I, I enjoy that word. Good. So can we make a comeback? Well, one of the beautiful things, what a great question. The most beautiful thing about land and, and, and animals and plants is that they are biological. Uh, one of the biggest, you know, problems that we've, that we've developed in our culture is a sense that, that life is fundamentally mechanical. You know, so we can switch DNA around. We can, as you said, we can dump, you know, um, uh, chemicals on it and, and, and all this. And, and it's basically treated like a, you know, like, like a mechanical thing. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody in our land grant university studying pigs, for example, is ever asking how to make a happy pig. The only question is how can we grow it fatter, faster, bigger, cheaper, as if right. it's just an inanimate pile of protoplasmic structure to be manipulated, however cleverly hubris can imagine to manipulate it. But the beauty, the the difference between mechanics and biology is that biological things can heal. Mechanicals can't. If if your bearing goes out in the front tire, front wheel of your car and goes thump, 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 you know, you can ask its forgiveness. You can put some grease on it. You can, you can let it, you can let it rest, you know, right. all sorts of things. But when you get in there, it's still going to go thump, thump, thump. Yeah. But biological things, living things can heal. You can skin your knee and, and, you know, it'll grow new skin. Mm-hmm. You can say a, uh, a, a an unappropriate appreciative word to your spouse, ask forgiveness, and that wound can heal. Yeah. I mean, th- this is the great difference. And so a long answer to, to, to say that, can we get out of this? Yes, absolutely. Uh, in fact, with enough organic matter, organic matter is like a, like Al- Alka-Seltzer in the soil and it, the, the fungi and the microbes actually eat up bad guys. Uh, compost piles. I mean, you put a, you put a bunch of antibiotics and stuff in a compost pile, the microbes literally digest it. They, they eat it up. Mm. The an earthworm's alimentary canal can take in all sorts of toxins and purify it and excrete it out the back end. So, so the, the great, the great uh, uh, story is that yes, um, nature is biological. It can heal. And so the hands, the hands and the heads that have hurt it, can also be its greatest healers. Well, that's great to hear. And we just have to wake people up. The reason I uh, brought that up, and I love that you say happy pigs, happy chickens, happy cows, uh, these, if, if they're kept in tight herds, they're walking around in their own feces all day, they fill up with cortisol, right? And that gets passed on to us. Uh, yes, you're exactly right. Well, I appreciate the, the angle that you're taking here. And um, I'll just tell you this, that over the years, you know, we supply a lot of restaurants, institutions and mm-hmm. things that, you know, that, that handle a lot of food. Mm-hmm. 
uh, as, as you know, chefs and things. And the things that we've learned from these professional culinary uh, folks is, and we've done experiments here on our own, just in the house, just to, to affirm it, sure. is that all of our uh, chickens, uh, pork and, and beef, they cook about 20% faster than what's in the, than the conventional uh, wow. in the store. And the only thing that we can figure the reason is that our animals aren't spending their life secreting adrenalines. You know, when, when mm-hmm. you're under stress, you tighten up, you know, your neck tightens, your muscles tighten. Um, and, and so, uh, so everything tightens up. And so in, in conventional, you know, like factory farming and production systems where you've got all these animals living on their toilet every day, they're crammed into these quarters. It's, it's, it's a completely mm-hmm. uh, unnatural, uh, you know, abusive situation. These animals are under stress. And so they're dripping, they're dripping adrenaline into their um, tissue mm-hmm. all, you know, every day of their entire life. Whereas ours are, are living in, you know, luxuriant, um, uh, safe, happy, uh, stress-free environment. And they don't have all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's, it's quite, it's quite profound, the level of difference in uh, cooking time. That's really interesting. I, I had never heard that, but I'll have to remember that if I, uh, order some food, like, Hey, you got to cut back your cooking time a little bit. I'll come back to the air fryer and it'll be nothing but charcoal left in there. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's exactly right. And it's gotten, it's gotten us into, into problems. We, we actually had a, some students got up a petition at university of Virginia, UVA mm-hmm. to, cause they're, they're fairly close. We have a good relationship over there. And, and um, so I got a call from the, the dining services, you know, director, Hey, you know, the students want, want one of our venues to serve something from Polyface. Come over and meet with me. Let's talk about it. Oh, sure. You know, so I went over and met with him and we decided to, to do um, pulled pork, offer a, a pulled pork um, sandwich. Mm-hmm. And so we sent some over there for him to try and cook and they, they overcooked it, dried it out. And so we sent over some more overcooked it, dried it out. And <laughs> the whole, the whole thing collapsed because get this, the insurance company, the insurance company requires cooking time and temperature based on industry standards mm-hmm. because the insurance company doesn't want a sick student to sue the school because the school didn't go by its hazardous, hazardous analysis, critical control point plan. Mm. And so the school is obliged to adhere to the insurance company requirements, which are industry standard, which overcook our pork. So our pork is not at UVA, not because the students don't want it, not because we can't supply it, but because the insurance to the HACCP plan to the kitchen protocol all are industry standard, which hmm. is assuming a stressed product that takes longer to cook. Isn't that something? It's really sad. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it is sad. It's just sad. Do you think that uh, with these GMOs, steroids, antibiotics, vaccines, all this extra stuff. Do you think that that might have something to do with these new food allergies? My, my daughter's allergic to peanuts and we haven't had that in my family, but you know, she has to carry an EpiPen with her. It's crazy. And I hear about, you know, oh, this person is allergic to red dye and this person's allergic to, I, I even, I, I think I heard it on uh, Beyond Labels that there's some beef allergies popping up in Texas. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, so, <clears throat> so yes, you're exactly right. And <laughs> that's, that's a loaded question to ask me if I think <laughs> some of these additives are causing these problems. Uh, not only do I think that they're causing these problems, uh, I also think that uh, in general, some of the um, uh, some of the genetics, the selected genetics, you, you got to, and, and it goes clear back to you know chemical fertilizers and everything else, mm-hmm. uh, the, way, the way things are produced and all that. But but even the the um, cultivars, the the selected cultivars of plants and and the genetics of of animals has consistently been selected for um, for growth only for growth, not for nutrition, uh, not for taste, uh, not for immunity or strength, but simply can it grow faster? And, um, and, and as a result, what, what happens is when you select for only growth characteristics, you begin breaking down all sorts of other things, whether it's the ratio of certain enzymes the uh, the concentration of certain nutrients, mm-hmm. uh, or, 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 or the lack the lack of certain nutrients. In other yeah. words, in other words, you can't select for one trait. Nature wants to be balanced, and when you imbalance it in one direction, it's going to deficit. It's going to create a balance sheet, and it's going to create a deficit in another area. Uh, for example, you know, I had a wonderful conversation with Temple Grandin uh, this summer, and. Um, and she was telling me about the leg problems in the cattle industry. And okay. what she was saying was that when you when you select only for growth, then the animal's framework begins to, to break down. You you oh. can't you can't select only for production yeah. and not have it uh, and and not have something happen on the other end of it. And yeah. so uh, and, and so that's what we're seeing uh, in in our food system is all of these breakdowns uh, as people select for just one thing. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, for example, in in tomatoes, tomatoes in the grocery store, they're, they're selected um, strictly for shippability. Right. They're not, they're not selecting tomatoes for nutrition or taste or anything. Uh, They're selecting them for shippability. They they need a tomato that can rattle around in the back of a truck for, uh, you know, 1500 miles without turning to mush. Yeah. And when you do that, what you have is a cardboard tomato. Yeah. And you know, anybody anybody who's tasted a supermarket tomato compared to one you grow in your backyard knows that there's a big difference, you know, between those two tomatoes. And, and so not, none of our selection criteria is for a balanced nutritional setting. There, there, it's being selected for something that's completely... Uh, um, unrelated mm-hmm. to nutrition. And so your daughter's peanut allergies, uh, I would suggest that in a, you know, in a previous life, <laughs> in a previous life, she wouldn't have been allergic to peanut. I mean, yeah. no, no, when I was a kid, I, there was no such thing as a peanut allergy. Right. Yeah. I, I heard about somebody that kissed their boyfriend with uh, peanut butter after he had a peanut butter sandwich and died. And I'm like, that's the biggest crock i've ever heard that's oh. just an urban oh. legend and then yeah so that i mean it's it's happening it, it's yeah. it can't be denied when you know you had maybe one in a million 
50 years ago, and now it's one in 150 that has some sort of food allergy. Yeah, yeah. That is that your body saying, this is garbage, I don't want this? There, I mean, there's everything from your body saying, this is junk, I don't want it, mm-hmm. to actually... Um, to actually a toxin or, or a pathogen mm. actually coming in under the guise of food. Yeah. And, and so th- there's any, any number of pathways to problems and, and we're just, you know, we're just seeing this and, and now, you know, we're heading toward fake meat, mm. uh, which, which is, which is all the above times two yeah. you know, to, to, to a second degree of, of awful awfulness, if if that's such a word, um, <laughs> you know that that's that's where we're headed, because we haven't learned our lesson, and as a culture, we just assume that, well, you know, whatever I've got, you know, doctor's got a pill for me, right? And um, and, and we're not thinking, but there are more and more people, uh, you know, seeing through this, realizing, realizing that the, these dots are all connected. And, uh, and I'm going to have to take responsibility for my own, um, you know, for my own health. If, if there's one thing that we really learned here in the, in these last three or four years with these, um, these black swans, hmm. it is, it is the lie that we've been told for several decades by the, you know, the, uh, the establishment that you don't have to do anything. You just let us take care of you. We'll take care of your health. We'll take care of your food. We'll take care of you know, uh, your, tell you your what to think and everything. We'll take care of your retirement plan, your IRA. You know, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll tell you what to think, and 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 we and and that'll free you up. You you will now be liberated from uh, from participating in 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 chores and and the mundane things of life, and you can now just you know uh, uh, watch your Netflix and your NFL football game and and uh, eat your you know Tostitos and go on a Caribbean cruise, and. And what happened here in the last three years with these dark, with these uh, black swan events is that lie has suddenly been, been revealed to actually, to actually not be a, a means to become free, mm. but actually the entrapment of becoming enslaved in a, in a dependency. Yeah. And so we now know, we now know that freedom that true personal freedom comes with participation. Yeah. Participation with now I know what my kids are seeing in school. Mm-hmm. Now I know what I'm eating. I know where my food's coming from. And and, and uh, you know, cooking, uh, um, gardening, uh, sourcing our food from known sources of provenance. Actually, putting attention on this. You you can't abdicate the responsibilities. Of personal, uh, of personal understanding, as profoundly as we have done in this culture, and maintain integrity in all the supply, the supply mechanisms in the culture. You have to get in the game. You have to play the game. You can't sit on the bleachers. Amen. Do you guys sell seeds? We don't. We don't sell seeds. We're you know we garden, uh-huh. but. Uh, we're not known for our gardening. We're 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 known for our uh, our world class livestock, sure. beef, pork, chicken, eggs, 
And, um, and we do, by the way, um, you know, uh, sell it. We do ship it, um, nationwide. Uh And, uh, and that just started about four years ago. Um, and you know, we wouldn't have even thought of it to even 10 or 15 years ago, but the logistics of distribution and the, um, and the, the additional, uh, uh, convenience demand of people to, you know, I don't want to go out of my house. I want it on my doorstep. I want to be able to order it with mm-hmm. in my, you know, jammies in the bed. Um, all of these things have kind of talk about a conspiracy. They've <laughs> conspired together to, um, to make, to make acquisition, uh, a, a very different platform than it was even 10 years ago. And so we do, we do ship nationwide. And, um, and sometimes I, I tell people, look, start here and, uh, you'll find out how much better it is. And then you can start sleuthing in your locale. I mean, we are, we are local food advocates. We love local food, uh, regional food. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes people, uh, can't, uh, find it quickly or whatever they're, they're covered up with time. Can't, you know, can't get there quickly. And so sometimes they, you know, they need to, uh, you need, you need incrementalism. You need to transition in. And so if we can be your transition in, that's fine too. That's a shameless plug, but, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, we, we are, we are here. Look, you know, we live in a time of, of defunding, so yeah. you know, if you, if if there's ever anything to defund, it's time to defund Tyson's and Monsanto, and fund something that actually builds soil, uh, uh, makes better water, and makes sure that the salamanders and frogs have four legs and can procreate. <laughs> yeah, well said. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And let me plug for you. I've gone to the website, and the prices are very, very reasonable. This is not like you're spending, you know a hundred dollars on a few pork steaks. These are very reasonable. I, I don't know about the shipping prices, but it's really not any more expensive than what you're going to spend for what they tell you is prairie fed this and uh, free range that. Right. And can we even get anything natural in a regular grocery store anymore? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm sure I don't want to, I don't want to do too broad a brush here. Okay. <laughs> Dis every grocery store. We're act. We're actually in uh, in Earth Fair here in in Southern Virginia, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we're in a couple of grocery stores. We're in Elwood Thompson's in uh, in Richmond, but uh, but you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find what you'd consider you know authentic authentic good stuff. You'd be hard pressed yeah. to find it at a Costco or Walmart or yeah. or uh, you know Piggly Wiggly, H E B, Kroger's, things like that. Uh, the, you know, the, the bigger, the bigger, the outfit, the harder it is for integrity to, to actually get in. Sure. That makes sense. So once, uh, Bayer and Monsanto finish killing all the bees, how, how long do we have to live? <laughs> That's me talking. Oh, yeah. I'm accusing well, them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you're, you're, you're exactly right. Um, I think, I think one in four, uh, one in four mouthfuls of food requires a pollinator. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are some foods that don't require pollination, but uh, a lot of them do. And uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think I think the day the bees are gone, we're probably in trouble. But fortunately, again, there are there are people like us. I mean, we just another little anecdote. 
about uh, six years ago, we participated in a two-year study by the Smithsonian called the Working Landscape Study. Okay. And, uh, and we were one of 29 sites in Virginia. And I think we were the only one where they found all eight known uh, varieties of bumblebee uh, that exist in Virginia. Wow. And, and I think it's, be- I think it's because of our, of our, uh, you know, choreograph our, our, our pasture choreography with our controlled grazing, where we're moving these cows every day mm-hmm. and actually mimicking the bison and the, and, and the wolves and stuff that, that there's something always in bloom. So it makes a mosaic rather than a, uh, an overgrazed or a monoculture, uh, we actually have lots and lots of stuff in bloom all the time. Yeah. And so this creates a lot of uh, food source, obviously, all these blossoms for the pollinators. And so we have, you know, huge, huge amounts of pollinators and insects and bugs. There's a lot of life here. I was just one of our, um, one of our young people, one of our apprentices was telling me last night at dinner that, um, in fact, all three of them told me that they had never seen anything like the number of fireflies that mm. they see here in the summer at night. Yeah. I mean, we're just we're just lit up with, with with you know millions and millions of fireflies, and that's just symptomatic of a of a healthy you know of a healthy vibrant ecosystem. It's it's amazing. I mean, I remember ten years ago, and every time I got gas, I had to clean my windshield with the squeegee that they give you because there was bugs splattered everywhere. I haven't had a bug hit my windshield in two weeks. I mean, it's, they're disappearing and no one seems to be concerned about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I I think you're exactly right, but that's one of those little, you know, kind of, um, you know, canaries in the mine or, Mm. or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, these are all, these are all indicators. I mean, you know, the Ogallala aquifer, uh, that that's under five states in the Midwest that runs all those big center pivot irrigation program things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's down it's down a hundred feet in fifty years, and uh, and it's dropping about eighteen inches a year and continuing to do so. Um, you know, there's an old Chinese saying that if if you continue going where you're going, it, let's see how if you continue to go to go the direction you're going, you're going to end up where you're headed, <laughs> and. <laughs> And, um, and, and yeah, there are a lot of things. I mean, the trajectories, goodness, the, I mean, the United States, think about this, the, the U S I mean, you know, if you love the country at all, uh, yeah, sure. So, so we we like to be number one. We like to have the number one basketball team. We like to to be the number one, uh, you know, Olympic gold medal, uh, you know, contenders and all that sort of thing. But there are places where you don't want to be number one. And right now, yeah, yeah, we're that, and but 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 even more, we're the number one, uh, um, number one in the world of non-infectious morbidity. So so chronic non-infectious morbidity, also known as you know as as Western lifestyle. Yeah. But uh, you know we invented McDonald's, mm-hmm. and there's a reason why uh, we're now number one in these in these uh, morbidity, and that's you know that's not a that's not. That doesn't give us bragging rights. I mean, that's right. not something we should be proud of. It's something we should be ashamed of because we have resources. We have scientists. We have everything that we need. And that's why I think that there's got to be a conspiracy because I can look at what you're doing and say, 
that's how nature intended it. And nature will win in the end. You know, you can build yes. levees, you can build this and that. And eventually mother nature will be like, eh, I don't care. I'm just going to flood everything anyway. <laughs> and and we, we fight mother nature yeah. instead of working yeah. with her. A- absolutely. Absolutely. And for those who are listening, who are, um, who are still kind of dubious that, oh, come on, we really can't feed the world with compost and pasture livestock. I would just tell, I would just say straight up um, and emphasize that 500 years ago, North America produced more food than it does today. Mm. 500 years ago, North America produced more. That's a fact. Now, it wasn't all eaten by people. You sure. know, there were, there were 200 million bison. Uh, there were, you know, 2 million wolves that needed 20 pounds of meat a day. That's 40 million pounds of meat a day. Yeah. There were, uh, there were 200, 200 million beavers, uh, who ate more vegetables yeah. than, I mean, they, they didn't eat squash, but they ate, they ate, you know, green material, mm-hmm. uh, more, 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 more plants than all the people in North America today. We had birds. I mean, Audubon sat under a tree and, in what was in, in uh, like 1820 or something. And he recorded in his diary, he said, he said, I, I couldn't see the sun for three days because the flock of passenger pigeons that flew over was so dense and huge. It blocked out the sun for three days. Wow. I mean, that's before, that's before Tyson, Frank Purdue, Pilgrim's pride, Cargill, or any of these folks. So, so before anybody gets too fired up on their haunches, just realize that 500 years ago, North America produced more food than it does today. And so our, our, uh, uh, goal our objective here is well how do, how did that work then you know mm-hmm. how did that work so beautifully and so abundantly and how do we duplicate that in our modern day yeah i mean and they were using ox and stuff like that they weren't you know they weren't in these $500,000 farm machinery that they have today. I mean, that's, you know, that's got to be insane for farmers to try and keep up with that. You know, they're buying things that they absolutely need to do their job. And there's, you know, it's like the price of a Lamborghini to get a tractor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well now, you know, be careful here. I, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to defend my tractor. I, I, I'm glad there's a tractor and not an ox here. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'd much rather uh, <laughs> uh, pick, I'd, mu- I'd much rather compost my hundreds of thousands of tons of compost uh, with a front end loader than, a, than have to shovel it. But, but, but yeah, you're right. The, 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 the notion, the notion that there is no limit and there is no, there's no limit either to what, to, to how big we can be, how concentrated we can be, or even what we can do. You know, the, the, uh, the classic movie, Jurassic Park, that pregnant line in that movie where the journalist gets in front of that euphoric scientist who's exulting over his great accomplishments of these raptors. And yeah. of course they're, you know, destroying the world as we know it. Right. And the journalist gets in his face and he says, but just because we can, should we, that, that has got to be one of the most profound questions, uh, ever asked. And, and, and it, it should, it should frame, it should frame every journey, every scientific experiment, every, uh, you know, uh, um, subsidized government program, just because we can, should we? Couldn't have said it better. It's, it's all these weird things that people want to try. I heard somebody on one of the shows suggest that we start growing apples on poison ivy. Well, 
I don't know. I, I don't think that sounds like a good idea to me. The the trees seem to be okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird. People are always pushing for what they call progress. And sometimes, you know, progress isn't the best thing. And it's, it's counterintuitive to add right. all these ingredients and everything. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, well, we, we, we've certainly, we, we've, we've certainly uh, progressed in, um, in our, in our uh, numbers of all- autistic kids we've progressed oh, in our yeah. number of cancer we've progressed in our number of you know type 2 diabetes uh i mean go down the you know go down the the list uh yeah we've made a lot of progress and there are a lot of things that you don't want to actually increase or make uh you know make make progress uh it would be a lot better progress if we actually figured out how to not need as many hospitals <laughs> instead of how to build more hospitals. Well, as long as big pharma is profiting on all this stuff, it's not going to change unless we as a a country say we are not going to buy this anymore. And, you know, it's just not feasible for everybody. Now you talk about anyone can be a homesteader and Mm -hmm. I have about, uh, I guess about a half acre and we have a fire pit out back. It's about, you know, 10 foot circle. We, you know, hang out outside and have, you know, little bonfires. And then in the spring we plant cherry tomatoes there and five bucks for two cherry tomato plants. And we're having trouble finding people to take, you know, big bowls of cherry tomatoes. It's like, it's so productive that we can't even give them away. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Uh, you eat them by the handful, mm-hmm. and, and they burst in your mouth. They're just spectacular. They're wonderful. The dogs um, love them. <laughs> <laughs> we bought a uh, a blackberry bush a few years ago, and we have blackberries for dessert every night all through the summer. It's not as hard as people think. You don't have to have hydroponics labs and stuff like that to grow the stuff. Just put it in the ground. Spend five bucks on a, a cherry tomato bush and add water and you're good. Uh, that That's just wonderful. I love that. Uh, and, and what, what you're talking about brings up the weak link. What truly is the weak link? We've got people wringing their hands, um, weak link. We're scarce. We're you know running out of food. No, 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 no. Uh, the weak link, the weak link is between our ears. It, it's, um, as my son <laughs> says, it's, it's 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 constipation of imagination. Oh, I mean, the I fact that. is, the fact is, the U.S. has thirty five million acres of yard, and thirty six million acres uh, growing and ha- feed and housing for recreational horses. That's seventy one million acres. If it were put to managed uh, production, just the yards and the recreational horse land could would feed the entire country without a single farm. So. You know, uh, we're the fact is we mismanage, we 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 don't manage, mm-hmm. and 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 we militate against nature. And you said it, nature nature's going to win. Nature bats last. Yeah. And the more the more we commit violence and and abuse against nature, it's going to fight back with all these maladies and erosion and dead zone the size of Rhode Island and the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. 
and reduced aquifers and and bad evapotranspiration, um, less rain when we need it, more rain when we don't need it. I mean, mm-hmm. all all of these things um, are are symptomatic of a uh, 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 of a, uh, a disrespect for the kinds of natural patterns and order and templates that have made things function well for a long time. I know you want to get going here. Uh, can you just run through your guiding principles real quick so people can get a, a better idea of, ex- I mean, you've gone over a lot of it already, but uh, just to get an idea of kind of the ethics that you treat your land and nature with. Oh, guiding principles. Wow. you um, I'm not sure I have them all right down so in memory. Tra- transparency is the first one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so transparency, you know, we have a 24, seven, 365 open door policy. Anyone may come here at any time from anywhere in the world to see anything anywhere unannounced. That's our commitment to transparency. Um, Can't get any better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one of them is, uh, somebody always answers the phone. You're not going to have to punch one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> you know, to, to, to get to some play. We, 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 we believe in that personal touch. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we believe, uh, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, um, grow soil, it's not, uh, whatever that, whatever it is, is, is not good. Uh, it should smell good. You know, we believe that a good farm should be aesthetically and aromatically, sensually romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we we believe that uh, that a farm should be people centric, mm-hmm. uh, not just you know not equipment centric. It, 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 it what we want is we want our equity to be in um, in management uh, in skill mm-hmm. skill knowledge and and customers. Uh, we believe in a sh- as short a a chain of custody between field and plate, and I don't mean just short chain of custody in miles. I mean short chain of custody in middlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many warehouses did it sit, does it sit in? Right. So when we ship when we ship our food uh, to you know to St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, um, that that meat, that chicken, those eggs. Uh, we ship them directly from our farm. The UPS truck comes right here and picks them up and it goes, gets a tracking number and goes straight to your doorstep, uh, straight from our farm. There's no warehouse it sits in. There's no, I mean, except for the, you know, UPS on its way, but, 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 but otherwise, you know, there's no other middlemen. There's no other stuff going on. They don't come and spray it with a bunch of chemicals and then send it to you. (laughs) It's all wrapped up in a box and we do it here. We, we do it ourselves. We're like, we're like the little red hen, you know, I'll do it myself. Perfect. And, and so, you know, those are, those are things that, that we really believe in and, and, and make us you know, what we are. And I love that you say respecting and honoring the pigness of the pig, the chickenness of the chicken and the person of the person. You guys put love into your soil too. It's not just compost. It's, you know, I, I believe that there's a transfer of energy going on where the people that work with you are, are putting hard work in, but they're putting love in too. And I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. It does. There is a, there is absolutely in the, and and this can get, this can sound kind of woo woo, but we, we know 
we know that the cosmos is pulsing with sentience. I mean, in in our in ourselves, there are there are whatever a, a quadrillion exchanges of information going on every millisecond in our whole microbiome with its you know uh, with its trillion of of microbes. So. Um, and that's happening inside of us. It's happening around us. It's happening in the air. It's happening in the soil. It's happening in the animals we eat, the plants we eat. Uh, it, 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 the, literally, the cosmos is pulsing with sentience, with understanding, with dynamism. Mm-hmm. And 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 to tap to 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 uh, meld and, and wed our hearts and our minds in uh, in honoring and respecting and and loving that. Um, you know, that majesty uh, brings sacredness to our life and sacredness, I would suggest, even to our plate. That's perfect. Uh, tell us one more time where we can find you and we'll get you to the debate. <laughs> okay, so we're at Polyface Farms. If you just go P-O-L-Y, it'll probably pay, uh, pop up Polyface Farms and you can go right there and um, and, and see everything from where I'm speaking to, uh, to food that you can get to, um, you know, our, again, our value statements and the different things that, that you'd be interested in. Perfect. Um, I would love to have you back on the show sometime if you have a little bit of extra time, definitely. Oh, check out the beyond labels podcast. And I know you say there's a modest paywall do this before you go get a health app or something that's going to tell you that you need to ingest you know, this amount of uh, this or, or this amount of that, because you'll get it all when you get good food. If you get good food, you don't need to take a bunch of supplements and a bunch of vitamins and a bunch of all this because it's all in the food and it's much better to get it from there. So check that out. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you can come back on the show sometime. Uh, I will send the link to you as soon as we get this produced and ready to go out. And I really appreciate your time. Oh, one more thing. Are you guys hiring? Hiring? Uh, not really. No, not <laughs> I, really. I, I'm just teasing, but <laughs> yeah, great. Love to have you come and visit us anytime. And it's been an honor to be on you and with, with you. And, um, and when you want to do a, uh, do a repeat, well, I just holler. Awesome. That's all we've got for you tonight on Cryptique. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. You can find all the social media links in the show notes. And if you have something you want to hear about, let us know at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out all of our cool merch at crypticpodcaststore.com. You can buy us a coffee. Every little drop in the bucket helps, trust me. That link will be in the show notes as well. And remember, clean eating is a way of loving yourself, one meal at a time. Good evening, Crypt Keepers. <laughs> <laughs>